You're listening to the Rent Roll Radio Show with Sterling Chapman. Hello, welcome to the Rent Roll Radio Show. As always, I'm your host, Sterling Chapman. Today, we are joined by Quentin D'Souza. Did I get that right, Mr. D'Souza? Is that yes, sir? Awesome. So, um, Quentin, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, you know, uh, I I'm an investor. I was a teacher for a long time. Uh, I've been married for 21 years. I've got two kids, uh, 14 and 17, and the 17 year old is bringing his girlfriend home, and I'm feeling old now. So I don't oh, know. Man. Yeah. It's, hey, at least it's not. It's at least it's not a 17 year old girl bringing her boyfriend home. That kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Very true. Good way of looking at it. <laughs> well. Well, let me kick this off by saying that Quentin was kind enough to send me this book, The Action Takers Real Estate Investing Planner. It's not really a book. It's more like a planner, but I I absolutely love it. I I was just telling him before the show started, I wish I would have had this thing three years ago. Um, It's got a a tremendous amount of, of good information on the front end. Um, around, you know, mindset, goal planning and things of that nature, which I cannot uh, belabor enough how important those things are. Um, I, I've said this a million times. Um, a, a lot of people will, will can tell you how stupid that type of stuff is and how hokey it is. Um, and or the way I, the way I say it, and, and I mean this, every successful person I know tells you how important it is. And every unsuccessful person I know can tell you how stupid it is. So take that for what it is worth. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I, in the beginning, too, I thought it was all foo foo, like airy fairy kind of stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and, I, and I totally don't believe that anymore. And I've I've taken a lot of coaching over my years too, right? I've uh, I've uh, participated in Strategic Coach with uh, Dan Sullivan, which is really a top net level coaching. I've worked with Pro Coach. I'm I'm part of the Entrepreneur Organization, so like there's been a lot of that. And uh, through my own experience in real estate investing, and you know, with all of that coaching, and I I used to coach um, investors too, but I stopped at the beginning of this year actually. So. So I put my templates and programs into the binder and or into the book and, and then made it available to everybody. And, um, and, and you know what, for me, the reason why I, I did it, because I wanted to refocus on my own real estate portfolio and, and, th- and by s- refocusing and moving away from coaching, I actually doubled my real estate portfolio this year from 40 million awesome. to million. Yeah. Wow. So, yep. Wow. Did you say from 40 million to 80 million? Yes, sir. Yep. Okay. Okay. So, uh, you know, a lot of time coaches get a bad rap about, you know, especially the, they say the, the, the coaches or the gurus who are out there uh, making more of their money from selling their coaching than they are from, from buying real estate and they're, they're not active. Clearly that is not you with, <laughs> with $40 million in real estate. Yeah. Uh, what, what type of real estate do you invest in? Well, like, um, so back in 2004, 2008, I was investing in like, uh, just like regular single family homes, renting them out. And then uh, um, I would do the, um, you know, the Burr strategy uh, sure. back in 2008, except I called it buy, fix, refinance and rent. Now it's, you know, rebranded 
yeah, yeah, yeah. With bigger you pockets, were doing it. Branding. You were doing it before bigger pockets named it, huh? That, that well, people have been doing it for decades. Like it's not something new, right? People have been doing it in the seventies too. So, I mean, yeah. um, what is that book by Nickel B? Uh, it's like one house at a time or something like yeah. that. And he's explaining the same strategy. So it's not. It, it's just um, you know uh, something that's a little bit uh, you know rebranded, but it works, right? So I was doing that. And I was taking uh, single family houses, converting it to uh, two unit properties, like legalizing the process, um, you know, adding third units, fourth units, all like I and I do everything legally. I don't play in the gray area. I don't want uh, people to come back and call the city and close down a unit or anything like that. So, you know, I, I was working hard and about 2014, I left my job as a a public school teacher and I uh, have a master's in ed bachelor's of ed uh, I was on track to be a school uh, administrator like a principal and I uh, just wasn't into middle management wasn't my thing and uh, I just um, you know focused on my real estate portfolio went full-time in 2014 and, and haven't looked back since um, it's been a great you know it's paid dividends for sure uh, you know when I when I left my job in, in 2014, my goal was like 5,000 a month in cash flow, right? That was it, like 5,000 a month. That's all I need and I'll be okay. And then, you know, now like my friends are bugging me now. Remember when you said $5,000 a month in cash flow, right? Because, it, you know, once you start to focus and give it, sure. uh, you know, that much time, like blew that away in the first yeah. year. Right? So it's, it's just one of those things that you, you know, you focus on when you, whatever you focus on, you, you achieve. And, um, you know, when I started to, to move from in 2014 into full-time, that's when I started to get into apartment buildings as well, because my, my cash flow, like my day-to-day uh, amount of funds that I need was covered by my real estate portfolio. And so then I started to focus on my net worth and buying uh, apartment buildings. So started off with like a seven unit, six unit, 12 unit, 11 unit. Uh, now, you know, 23 unit, 30 unit, 40 unit, just keeps, keeps growing. So, and are, are you syndicating these projects or are you yeah, okay. so it's a little it's a little different in the in Canada, right? So we have like uh, uh, like you, you can do syndications, but it's it's not it's not exactly the same as the way that you would structure it in in the U.S. But like what we'll do is we'll have a corporation, and then we'll have shareholders of the corporation, right? Okay. They won't. It's not a GPLP type of structure, but you could do that. But like I tend to, it's essentially the same thing. Yeah, it is. It's just, you know, it just comes out a little bit different in the structure. But um, and I, I stay away from small investors. I don't put like people with 50K or 100K in a project like the, the least I'll work with is somebody who has like 200K. And um, and then most of the this- time. They say the smaller the investor, the bigger the headache. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> I learned that a long time ago. Don't don't do with don't, don't deal with those. I yeah. st- I still love you, all my small investors out there. <laughs> don't don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> 
I can tell you from experience, I don't do that anymore for sure. Uh, and I, like, and the other thing is, you really got to know what your joint venture partners are, like what their their goals are, what their background is. And I I, I don't deal with anybody who's pulling their money from a line of credit. If they're going to give me, you know, 100k sure. from a line of credit, I don't want it. Like forget it or 200k from a line of credit in a way. Um, it's just uh, there's too much hassle with that. Um, you know, I, I really focus on growing, you know, my wealth and my partner's wealth. I, I typically don't put any money into the deal. And the way that I structure things is I own 50% of the property. I know that, um, you know, I've heard syndications where you have like 10 or 20% of the ownership and you may have three owners. It doesn't work for me. The smallest percentage that I own in a building is 25%. And, you know, that would be a really large building. And then but that's, a, I would say, like, a, out of my portfolio, maybe 25 I would say maybe 25 or 30%. I own 25% of the building, uh, equity and cash flow, mortgage pay down, all of that. And then the rest, I own 50 to 100%. So, uh, yeah, I do. I like I, I'm the active investor and in my projects in Ontario. And, you know, that's that's really what I've, I've focused uh, focused on. Awesome. It sounds like you're the, the real deal for sure. Is there <laughs> is there any limitations on who can uh, do projects in Canada? So could I go buy real estate in Canada or am I not allowed because I'm not a citizen or, or can you, do you know anything about that? Uh, you know, with, if you're looking at it, I, I would say why, like you have so much more opportunity in the U S but like for me, I deal with accredited investors in my projects. Um, and um, the way, and I invest in the U S and you, know, oh. you have so much bigger population. Like for me, the, like the reason why I invest in the U S so I invest in different projects in the U S too, but um, like, I'm like, I'm, like for me, it's a way to hedge myself against the Canadian economy and give myself uh, U.S. dollars because it's always good for like when we vacation, we always pay in U.S. dollars. So it's yeah. and they got they got property down in Tampa, too. So I've got uh, uh, five rental properties down there that generate some some income for me. And then I've got uh, some syndications, ATM investments, things like that. Just just a little bit like um, just like, a, you know, about a million down there just to, you know, make sure that I have some hedge against what's going on up here. And then um, that way I can, you know, continue to, to grow up here. And I, I invest in a, an asset class that I understand down in the U.S. But like if I were you, I would say, no, don't come up here, man. Go to a different state. Like you've got so sure. much that um, you have such a big population and such a great, like, um, especially the Southern states. Oh man. Like the, like landlord tenant board laws, growing pop, like population, lots of great uh, jobs that are, that are there. Like, you know, I, I would definitely continue to, to grow, um, you know, uh, my, my stuff down there rather than come up to, to Canada. You're not the first person that's talked to me about that, but like, I, I would do the opposite. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I've never had any desire to go invest in Canada. I was under the impression that, that all of your projects were in Ontario. So that's, that's, what made my light bulb go off? <laughs> um, so, how do you how do you go from being a public school teacher to a 
incredibly successful real estate. And I feel like there's probably a missing, like the missing years in there somewhere where, you know, um, some, some pretty life-changing events must have transpired. So tell us how that, how that happened. It was a lot of work. And like, I felt like I was doing three jobs for, for a few years, like, especially when I was, um, buying the rental properties and then working like all day. And then, you oh, know, yeah. I be, like, I felt, I felt like I was burning a can and then trying and uh, having young, young kids. Yo, and, oh yeah. I, I'm, I'm in the thick of it. I have a four month old and a two year old and, and there has not been a day that's gone by in the last several years that I haven't told my wife, I have three full-time jobs, like without the kids, you know what I mean? Like oh. I have my day job. I do my apartment syndications and, and, and the local, you know, burring houses. It's three, it's three full-time jobs and the, the kids are, you know, all night. <laughs> so it's, uh, I, oh, yeah. I, I hear, I was there, man. I, I got you. Like that was, the, I felt, I felt, uh, you know, like I was running around all the time, but it got better. You know, it, it really did get better, especially when I, I moved to full-time investing. It was like, all of a sudden I got all my time back and then I did something stupid. I flipped houses. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> no way. Like, you know, like I got all my time back and then I, then I flipped like 12 houses in 12 months and, you know, I was making six figures on every flip. Right. So it was like good, a good money but i had a job again right sure and and then i was like oh man i can't do this and that's why i started to focus on apartment buildings right i and, tell um, i tell everybody that like all the wholesalers and the flippers and and every that it's like well i mean I, I i have no desire to do that i have a job it's so crazy to me because people will read like rich dad poor dad or, or or any of the old classic real estate books that talk about all the benefits of long-term real estate wealth building and talk about the appreciation and the cash flow and the, you know, all of the, the leverage and how, how it all works together to make you wealthy and all this kind of stuff. And then they'll, so that will attract them to the industry and then they'll get a job in the industry. They're like, they're, they're a real estate agent or they're a house flipper or they're a wholesaler. And yeah. it's like, well, you're not or a coach. You're not, you're, yeah, you're not taking advantage of any of the magnificent benefits that attracted you to this industry. You're just working in the industry. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I and I tend to move like I can't. I tend to reflect. Uh, like I do a lot of goal setting, and I do like ten year plans, and I do quarterly plans. And you know, one of the things that I I do is reflect on you know the types of freedom do I, that I have. Do I have time freedom? Do I have location freedom? Do I have uh, thought freedom? Like, what are the type of freedoms that I have? And one of the things I I started to think about at the end of. 2020 was that coaching is taking up my time like a job again and i i don't need the income like it, like i was i was charging like 700 dollars per person for group coaching i'd have 12 people together and and do that and then i would have like four one-on-one -on -one coach like people that i work with for a thousand five hundred dollars a month it was like it was great. Money. Like, 
like yeah. a lot of money, right? It, it is. It's a lot of money. But I, I felt like I had a job again. Like I was work, I was calling people all the time, following up with them, making sure they're on track, right? And I, and I, and I don't do anything half-ass, right? Like I, you know, I got a curriculum, I have courses, I have everything. And you're I a teacher. Sure that, you're a teacher at heart. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I love. I love. Well, I I really like helping people, but I like helping people who want to help themselves. And sure. even if you pay money, like actually, I found the more money you pay, the more committed you are. But sure, no, no, absolutely. But like, uh, definitely uh, for me, I felt like I was, I was, I, I was successful at, you know, 40 million. So it wasn't, wasn't that I wasn't successful. My, the cash flow for my real estate portfolio is, you know, was, you know, four times or five times what it was when I, back in 2014. So, I mean, I, like, I, it, that's, that wasn't the issue. It was that I, all of a sudden I, I lost all my time again and it just slowly kind of slipped away as I took on more clients. And, and, and so I thought, okay, what's the best way I can still, give back to people and, and, and then, you know, not do the coaching anymore. And that's when I put together everything into the book that I was doing in my coaching, like from a mindset and a framework perspective. And so that way it kind of, it helps people to kind of figure out, okay, you know, uh, people will spend more time planning a vacation than they will like planning their own life. Right. Like they, oh, yeah. Like, right? Like how many times you go away for a week and like, you feel like, oh, I got to go this on this day. And then, but like, you know, what are you doing to plan out your own business? Like, what do you do to plan out like your big goals for yourself? Right. And so um, that's when I do, like, I do, you might've heard of like Vivid's Vision and I just, like, I, just know, I, I ordered it yesterday. Yeah. Okay. So then you got to read it and you got to do it. Right. So that's the, yeah. that's the other piece. Right. But the, um, but you know, setting out 10 year goals, like big goals, right. In different areas of your life, just writing them down and spending a day thinking about it. Right. That, that, that can change. Like um, let's, let's say outside of real estate, I, I, my health goal, one of my 10 year health goals was to run a marathon. You, you, you don't know me, but I weighed, like I was a hundred pounds heavier than I am today. And I, at the time when I wrote that goal, there was no way that I was going to run a marriage. Like there's no way, man. Right. And um, I, over uh, about a year and a half. Now, remember, I wrote this 10 year goal a year and a half. I had lost a hundred pounds. I was trained. I did a half marathon. I did a full marathon last year. Dude, like, there's just, you know, but yeah. I wrote it down. And I, and each quarter I, I put like a smaller goal, like 20 pounds. That's it. Right. This quarter, this three months, 20 pounds. And, uh, and there was a personal goal aside from my real estate goals. So every, every quarter I set us, I, I put like, it's actually to the, like on my board right beside me here is my, my real estate goals for the quarter. Right. And I set three three priorities this quarter and then three actions that I really need to get done to achieve those three goals. And, um, you know, I've been doing that since 2014, since I finished, uh, finished working and, um, you know, and, and I'm always trying to focus on, you know, Robert Kiyosaki has that great, you know, um, um, employed, self-employed business owner and investor. I'm always trying to get over to the business owner investor and 
and I and I always reflect on when I'm being an employee or a self-employed person, right? And yeah. and I, I'm always trying to move away from from doing that. And you know, uh, like I, I try to share some of the things that I like mindset pieces that I did in in the the planner, but also just like things like I realized um, by by putting out the type of income sources that I have. So if you so I have like a chart that has like the different sources of income that you have, right? Mm-hmm. And if you look at your own income sources that you get from your from your businesses, right? So let's say your house flipping, right? Or your like your um, you know maybe it's from advertising, maybe it's from from whatever it is. If you if you lay that down and you and you look at it, um, you should be able to cross one off and not affect the way you live. If you can cross and cross the major one off, right? right, and and see what that that'll do to you. Most people, because it's their salary, they're they're in trouble, right? right? When they cross that income source off, you cross any one of my income sources off, I'll have another one there. So like, and and that's what I I, I cross them off myself. Coaching so is let, one of those I crossed off. Let me ask you your opinion on this subject because I I I am partial to multiple income stream. That was the whole reason I started investing in real estate. I, I started seeing like people at my company getting surplus. Then I said, well, what would I do? You know, if they, they turn the faucet off and, and now, you know, I've, I've had a lot of success in real estate as well. And I'm, I'm, I'm interested to start other income streams. You know, a lot of my other ideas I've kicked around, I eventually like to get to, is, you know, I've, I've seen the opportunity in the HVAC you know, like all my money goes to plumbing and HVAC. Like I want to, I want to invest in, in plumbing and HVAC companies. Like I just, I know it's so hard to get good help in those areas and there's so much money being spent in them. Um, so, but my question is, what do you, are you more partial to the Gary Keller one thing and focus, focus on this particular thing, or are you more partial to kind of spread it out and get multiple streams of income in uncorrelated, unrelated areas for diversification? Yeah. So uh, what I would, what I would say is focus first and get to that point where you feel like you've got, and by the way, you're diversifying your income for every different apartment building. Every house you have is a diversity of income. So let's not like you, you're calling it. It's like, it's the same as if it is, everything is the same building. It's just, it's, it's different types of uh, of diversity uh, because you could diversity uh, diversify across um, asset types. You could have apartment buildings, you could have houses, you could have you know other uh, um, similar income streams. Um, I would say that the first thing that, that that you would want to do is focus on getting your, especially where you are in 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 the U.S. Focus on getting those income that the income from your rental properties up so that it it gives you the freedom to do whatever you want. Those like those other uh, income sources are great if you can be in the I in the I quadrant. Sure. Not the the self-employed compor- component right, of right. that same one. Right. Oh, I invest yeah. in other businesses too. Like I, I put, you know, hundred, hundred K into different companies as, as an investor and I consult. So I'll be on a board of directors and I, and I'll consult on, on them particularly like, uh, so a good example. Have you ever heard of a company called uh, Rentify? Uh-uh. 
so rentify they're 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 very similar to like uh like they're they're used to to basically um instead of doing a credit check you do like a bank account check on tenants and it actually connects the tenant's bank account to rentify and it enables you to to like look at the last 90 days of transactions whether they're getting government income whether they have pets like you could see like the actual like you know if you went to a pet store you would see the pet store amount so like that is something that's like i i i know i can is that legal is that yes, legal? it is, sir. And you want every advantage you can in this business, right? And yeah. um, so, uh, so I, I like so check it out, right? But like sure. that's something that I like because I'm it's something like an experience that I have in this business. I can help them. I can you know I can give them some advice. Go look in this area. Go go look at this conference. Talk to the National Association of uh, Property Managers, right? You know, like I've got a lot of the insights that I can give them, but I'm more of the I. (laughs) I am not the guy who's calling people. I'm not the guy who's going out and doing things, right? And so when you're looking at the HVAC or you're looking at those other businesses, make sure that they're not the shiny object, right? That's going to take up and make you like a, a job again, right? Sure. That's that's the only thing that I can say is either be a business owner, be an investor. And, and if you can do that and have somebody else take the lead, then then do it. Right. But I've found I've had a lot of friends who are very successful. Uh, um, and, you know, one guy like he just blows me away. Like, he, he you know, he picked up a thousand units in the last like this beginning of this year. Right. Thousand units. I'm like. Whoa, this is crazy. Like, <laughs> like for, for me, right? Like I was like, you know, a couple hundred is a lot. So this guy's a thousand. But, you know, he was also working on having a roofing company and he was also working on all that. And, and he said, no, he got rid of them all. He's like, I'm just focusing on this because it's just distracting me from, from, sure. from that. So just be careful that those, those like, it's great to have... Um, like uh, businesses that run alongside of what you're already doing anyways, but just be careful. It doesn't become a, a distraction from, from what you're doing. Like I, I, my favorite quote, I have it written down here, Warren Buffett, keep all your eggs in one basket, but watch that basket closely. Sure. That was that, that, that question's at the end of the show, by the way, you skipped oh, ahead. That's okay. I got lots <laughs> that I like, man. <laughs> that's good. I listen I've to heard, the podcast, man. <laughs> well, was that, I've heard, uh, I heard that that quote was Andrew Carnegie. Ah, that Warren Buffett is is one of the who's another one that like all the quotes get associated like Abraham Lincoln. All the quotes get associated back to him, even though they had never. So, I, I mean, it, I, who knows who really said it? I, I've heard it was it was Andrew Carnegie, and uh, it makes sense since he he had like all his eggs in the steel basket. Oh uh, yeah, that's very true. Yeah. <laughs> So what advice do you have for like somebody who's looking to get started? What do you advice do you have for the school teachers out there who would love to uh, take it to the next level? You know, just find other people who are doing it, like get in, get in a room with other people. There are lots of meetups and things like that everywhere. Find somebody who's just ahead of you. 
right? Like, and make, like, it's harder to be, don't be in a room with somebody who's like 15 or 20 years ahead of you. Be right. in a room with people that are like a year or two ahead of you because then sure. it's easy for you to, 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 to ask them what the next step is. If you're, you're with me and you're asking me like, you know, how do I get financing? I'm going to say, go talk to a banker. <laughs> like, <laughs> You know, but like if you're talking to somebody who's like, you know, just, just went through it. Yeah, they're, they're happy to share what their knowledge is with you. Right. So that's what you got to do. And and like like for me, like I, I like to be in a room where I'm not the smartest person in the room. Like and, and for me, I have to work at that. Right. I have to find I have to pay for that or I have to to like um, build that myself. Right. And so like uh, for a lot of people who are just starting off. There are so many great groups that are out there. You don't have to pay it like $25,000 to, to go to a meetup. Just go and talk to the people in the area that are doing what you want to do. That's it. Yeah. Like, and, and whether you're a school teacher or if you're, you know, whatever, a truck driver, you can, you can do that. Sorry. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's the same advice. You know, I learned a lot from well i mean learned a lot from the bigger pockets and the and the youtubes and the the podcast and, and audiobooks that are out there today but uh a, a, most of my success came from the people i met in person at the local meetups and they haven't had any local meetups in the area where i live in in baton rouge since before covid so we actually started a meetup so our uh where our first one is going to be for any of the Baton Rouge uh, folks that are listening, it's going to be August 11th at 6:30 at the uh, Holiday Inn. But um, but yeah, we're so we're starting one. So it's going to be the first meetup in in our town in a year and a half. So I mean, I just I've had so many people come to me like, well, where do you find the deals? Well, from wholesalers. Well, where do you meet the wholesalers? Well, how do you fund them? We could go find you a hard money lender. Well, where do you meet hard money lender? And that like it all kind of came back to me sitting in those rooms with those people. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to kind of facilitate that. I mean, it, it were, it's, it's helpful for me. I mean, I'll probably meet some more wholesalers, send me some more deals. Uh, I started, you know what, I started the same thing in my area. I didn't know anybody who was investing in real estate, you know, in 2008. And we had like four people in a coffee shop um, before all of this uh, stuff, right? And everybody's locked down. You know, I, we would have meetings, 120 people would come out to each of our events, right? We'd have one a month, uh, take, you know, July and August off. And, you know, we would have that, like, and we'd have, we have a membership and all of that stuff, right? So it was just, but it started with four people in a coffee shop, right? And you never know what's going to happen because people, people like to be around people who are successful and who are doing things. Right, you know, it helps them to to do it, and you know, um, it, I, I think that there's as long as you don't have a scarcity mindset, there's lots of opportunity for everybody everywhere. You can't buy all the buildings, so right, you know, <laughs> right, right, absolutely, yeah. I, and a lot of people, uh, I, I run into that all the time. The people with the scarcity mindset, and it's well, I don't, I don't want you to meet my wholesaler. I don't want you to meet my. Uh, contract. You know, I look, I invited every single one of my wholesalers that sent me every deal I've got over the last year to this thing to meet all of these new investors that are trying to meet wholesalers. So I, I essentially, by setting up this meeting, you know, like multiplied my level of competition by 10. Um, but I, I truly, truly believe um, in the abundance mindset mentality. And I feel like, um, 
by helping enough other people that, that, you know, I'll, I'll end up growing myself. So I'm, I'm not afraid of the fact that I'm actually inviting all of the people who give me my deals and introducing them to several other people looking for deals and creating more competition for myself. You know, a byproduct could mean that there'll be more wholesalers that come out of this and, and that you'll get 10 times the amount of deals. Absolutely. So, like it's very possible that like people will see that there's demand, notice that there's more people who want it, and then there'll be more wholesalers who want to get into that that side of the business who want to do the, you know, the self-employed stuff, right? So it's okay. Like uh, I think you're on the right track with with all of that. So awesome. So our la- real quick, I want to hop over to our radio round so our listeners can get to know you a little bit better. It's just three quick questions. So the first one is, what's your favorite book? Ooh, I get a favorite book of the week kind of thing. I read like two yeah. books, uh, uh, like two books in about a week and a half. Um, so, and my favorite book right now is Die with Zero. Okay, I, I would have said Rich Dad, but everybody says that, so forget. Thank it. you, thank you for not saying that. <laughs> no, no, I, but I would like to go back and look at our like ninety-three episodes and see how many people said Rich Dad. <laughs> it's got to be forty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I, I mean, it's a favorite, but Die With Zero right now is one of my uh, one of my big uh, favorites right now because it's. I like books that shift your mindset, and that one shifted my mindset a lot when it came to like experiences and things like that, especially with like um, planning or with regards to my family and and kids and stuff. It was a great sure. book, so uh, that's a good one. And another one is the top ten distinctions between millionaires and the middle class um it's uh those are the like i mean you could just read the top 10 but that's not what you really want to do you want to it's a small quick book but that's a good one for everybody to remind them you know of why how we can do things a little bit differently and how that is a big mindset shift um and so like definitely those two uh, big like I like books that kind of change change the way you think, and those two are are good examples. Awesome. So, what is your favorite quote? I sorry, this one. You, we need a new one. We already heard the Buffett one. That never, never ever, 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 ever give up. I made this because I was like, nice. I got to remind myself sometimes. You know, the other one I, I say to myself is is uh, if it were easy, everybody would do it, right? Yep. You know, I, I say I've said that uh, like when dealing with so many different things, like putting out fires with tenants or whatever it is, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, because I only get the really big problems. I, I all the other stuff, right? Filters you know, that filters before it gets to you. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but you know, I, I'm just on this journey, and I'm enjoying every day, and I, I like the people that I, I work with, and I like my partners. So, you know, I just want to just keep at it, right? Um, keep doing it. Awesome. And what's your favorite thing to do outside of work? Oh, my sons play baseball. So I, I love going to baseball games. I love eating spits and, and uh, sitting uh, behind the, the plate and, and just like, I don't chirp anybody. Okay. I just, <laughs> I just sit there and I enjoy watching the games and, and having fun. I go for walks all the time, you know, things like that. I like the outdoors. I like to fish. I'm going to go on a whitewater rafting trip, you know, just stuff like that. Awesome. I just interviewed a guy right right before yours. And when I asked him what his favorite thing to do is, I don't like to do outdoor stuff like fish or 
whittle wood or anything like that. I was like, okay. <laughs> so that was that's funny. You said the exact thing. I like to uh, I like the outdoors. I like to fish. <laughs> I'm like, okay. uh, you know, honestly, I'm not really like a, like I don't like fancy cars. Like I drive a truck. Like I, I like too. my truck. Yeah. You know, that's like I don't I don't need it. Like you know, my friend's got a Lamborghini, and well, I don't really need that. It's not really. <laughs> You know, it's not my thing. So everybody's got to find what the, what works for them. And, you know, I like the outdoors. You, you can't buy it. Like, you just got to right. experience it, right? And uh, and I like being with people. Like, I like engaging in great conversations and, you know, just relaxing and, and, and chatting. You know, I think I think I get a lot out of that. And that, that, that motivates me, too. Awesome. Well, Quentin, thank you so much for joining the show. I really enjoyed it. Um, truly, I did. You know, I don't. Sometimes I'm surprised one one direction or another. So sometimes I'll have a guest that I'm really excited about. I think, oh, this is going to be great, and then they're a dud. And then some some guests, I'm just like, oh, I got another one, and not really thinking, putting too much thought into it. And they get on, and I'm like, oh wow, that was a really cool guy. Well, you were one of those guests that like I just wasn't really expecting, but you're like really cool guy. So oh, thank, thank you so you. much. Thank you so much for uh, hopping on. Thank you for my book. And I really do uh, love this. And I'm going to start using this. Um, I'm huge into planning and goal setting. And I have my my one year, three year, five year vision written on a dry erase board on the wall. And I write my goals down every day in my journal. So it's, it's right up my alley. Um, can, I, can I give you one suggestion? Absolutely. Get rid of your one year goals. Okay. Go three month and go three year and 10 year. But get rid of the one year because the one year it messes people up because they they start with all this these goals and then by the time they get to the end of the year they've barely gotten what they needed to do. Focus on your three month. Just do three month and three year. That's it. Absolutely, I'll make that Try change. <laughs> I will make that change. All right. Um, awesome. Well, thank you so much. And did you? Do you want to tell our listeners how they can learn more about you or get in touch with you or find your, your planner? Oh yeah, that would be helpful. Eh? <laughs> uh, yeah. You can go to it on Amazon. So the, uh, the action taker real estate investing planners on Amazon, you can look up Quinton D'Souza. I've written four books. I've got a fifth book coming out uh, probably in the fall. It's all the stuff that I had curriculum as coaching. I've just put it in a book and put it out there. Um, and then uh, you can get me on uh, Instagram, uh, Qman REI uh, on Instagram or Twitter is uh, the best thing that you can do. Or you can email me at uh, Quinton at getrealwealthy.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Quentin. Very nice to meet you. I look forward to uh, following you and keeping up with you. Oh, it's, it's great talking to you, Sterling. I can't wait to, uh, to listen to some more episodes. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for tuning in to the Rent Roll Radio Show brought to you by Crestworth Capital. We hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, please hit the subscribe button and leave us a rating and review. You can also visit us at CrestworthCapital.com or RentRollRadio.com or follow us on Facebook at RentRollRadio or at Crestworth Capital. If you would like to reach us, feel free to shoot us an email at info at rentrollradio.com or sterling at crestwordcapital.com. We hope you come back next week to join us on some more of our journey. Until then, happy investing. <laughs>